0: This is a Digo Podcast.
1: I first battled the Hop Troids on planet Digo. It was there that I foiled the plans of the IPA pirate leader, Mother Bear, to use the creatures to attack galactic civilization. I then traveled to Aeleon 4 to stop the IPA pirates from exploiting a powerful radioactive substance. Britannomyas, after defeating Dank Samus, I, found, I fought the Hopdroids on their homeworld, B-88-R-3. I completely eradicated them, except for a larva which, after hatching, followed me like a confused child and rescued me during my final battle with Mother Beer. Today, we are celebrating the 35th anniversary of a Metroid.
2: Hello and welcome to Drinkin' Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, Space Hunter Digo,
3: the Duke, and alongside me is... I am the Saftroid,
1: and alongside me is...
4: Keith, and alongside me is...
1: Pale, the Galactic Emperor, but not really, (laughs) I'm nothing... Today's episode <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is featuring THBC Duality and Junk Ditch Café Bomba. and we are talking about the Metroid franchise. But before we get to that, what have you guys been drinking or playing lately?
2: The answer better be Metroid. I would assume Metroid.
1: Uh, yeah. I played a little Metroid.
4: Uh, the,
3: another mm. game I've been playing lately is the Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Ooh. Oh, yeah. which is Ooh, on nice. the Nintendo Switch, actually, because that's the system I have. Uh, mm. I played... Did
2: you Did you give up on the
3: Xbox version? I, I beat the first one that you lend me, and I started playing yeah. the second one, but um, I have to unplug this... 360 to plug in the switch and i unplugged it to play breath of the wild or something and i was like oh uh, wow this is plugged in i started instead of going back to <laughs> plugging back the xbox oh. and i was just like i'll just go onto the next Assassin's screen because uh but um i'm enjoying it I, I i haven't got the sailing mechanics down yet but i i'm not i'm not in love with that but i do enjoy it more than the horseback riding of the previous games where <laughs> that's your travel mechanism <laughs> to the, all of these lands so it's a little bit quicker way of travel and, and adds a new dynamic. But uh, I'm not very good at firing cannons or any of that stuff. Hopefully, if I'll you be. ever
2: if you ever get
4: used to that and you enjoy it, then you can play Sea of Thieves no problem because it's the same mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was revolutionary for the time when that came out. That was pretty cool.
3: I I do like the update and I like the whole pirate aspect of it. I think that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I didn't play the third one; I skipped over that. Yeah, I think most people did. <laughs> I heard it wasn't as good. No, that's the one I'm most interested in because it's like the Civil War one, right?
4: Uh, no. Revolutionary no. Revolutionary War. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, what I meant. it's the uh, poster right up here on my wall that you borrowed oh. from Best Buy. Yes, it's trash can. You're,
2: you're You're talking about three. Three. That's not the third one it went out of order
1: oh, that's
4: true we <laughs> got the Ezio Trilogy Brotherhood <laughs> came day.
2: out yeah Brotherhood came out as the third one yeah Revelations and it was the then one. it came out with like number 3 or whatever uh, I don't know the timeline all I know is I still need to buy Valhalla I've heard that <laughs> one was
3: amazing so I do want to play that eventually if it ever comes onto a Nintendo console uh, I don't <laughs>
4: think that one's going to uh, probably not
3: well, it won't be on Switch, but it might be on the Nintendo Switch Pro. Ocho or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm that's
2: s- true. I'm still waiting for GameStop to not sell it for $60 used. Because I could buy it on the Xbox Microsoft Store for $60 or right. buy the hard copy at GameStop used for $60. It's like, come Hell on. No. Can oh, we drop the price? Yeah, please. Yeah. I was
4: going to say, Dustin, they've been putting it on sale at Target. I bought mine for 30 bucks. Whoa.
2: Oh, I'm looking at the wrong fucking places. I'm looking at the wrong places. Nice. Well, then I'm going to have to look for that. Uh, I am going to throw out there that I've only been playing Samus games for the last two days. So I will leave my what I've been playing lately for later in the episode because I do have a favorite now.
3: Nice. We talked a lot about Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed. If we want to just skip to the beer, unless anybody's got something important uh, they want to throw out.
1: Meh. Nope.
3: Alright, perfect. Whose beer is up first? The other boys. I want to do ours yeah. real quick? Oh. The other boys. The, other boys. <laughs> <laughs> the way you <laughs> said that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: We'll tell you about our beer. Uh, we are drinking Junk Ditch Brewing Company's Cafe Bomba. It is an Imperial Coffee Stout coming in at 9.5% ABV and 60 IBUs. Which hmm. is, in our geeky reference for IBUs, Nintendo Power Volume 60, May 1994, was Super Metroid, was the cover art for that issue.
3: Fantastic.
4: That's pretty cool. Um, so the Junk Ditch Brewing Cafe Bomba is a combination of Junk Ditch's Bomba and Nitro Cold Brew made from Conjure Coffee beans. And I believe the Conjure Coffee is something to do with local Fort Wayne um, Conjure coffee area. That it's a they local have. roaster, local, I believe. Yeah. Um, I picked this beer up a long time ago. This one's been sitting in the fridge for a while. Um, but I was super excited when they uh, released this, and I'm like, wow, this sounds right up my alley. Coffee, stout, perfect. So I went and picked it up in a Little four pack of 16 ounce cans, and it was all brand new. And unfortunately, it does not have a label, um, so we can't really describe the can. Just take your favorite aluminum beer can, take the label off, and that's what this is. So, um, I think since then they've got fancy junk ditch labels now that they put on, and they'll handwrite the what it is on the side. But I do not, we don't really have a can to stare at. No, uh, or sweet label art for this, so. I guess we could. They lose a point. Skip that part. Gosh, damn! <laughs> Knocking them down a cap. Yep.
3: Well, if Pale
2: can rate something a five off of a wonderful label, you can definitely knock a cap down.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess we can jump right into the description of the beer, and yes. just based upon that uh, description that we gave you, this beer is dark, very dark, dark, yes. dark, dark. There's a slight. Around the edge, not much though. It's a little brown around the edge, but it's pretty much just looks
1: we'll pretty black from my point of view. Could Z- we you do would. Xenomorph in space to go sure. along the space theme? Th-
4: that sounds like Samus. Yeah,
2: I mean, technically, the game was modeled after Alien. So true. Good point.
3: Yeah, Ridley. The... Ridley Scott. <laughs> the Space pirate Ridley, Ridley is Scott. Yeah, <laughs> the Ridley director? Scott who directed.
1: <laughs> The first alien movie. Wow! So you gotta gotta go for gotta go with it.
4: Works for me. I have to yeah. number sixty. And give it a Whoa. sniff. If pale doesn't spill it all over my floor, <laughs> I
1: just banged my arm here, my mic arm. Oh, the mic arm! Yeah, I almost spilled it though. What you get? A whole alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> I'm not, I can't get the coffee. Alcohol. Oh, so just alcohol. Just
2: burning, burning your nostrils. It is stings
1: it? the nostrils. It
4: does. <laughs> oh, It is very pungent. Um, so I, I know this has sat for a while, but um, there, there's a slight roastiness to it, so you can kind of tell it's the stout. So it's got a, a little hint of the roast there, but it's very strong alcoholic fumes coming off of this um, that has sat for a while. Um, we should go back and mention that the Zar is their base, like, uh, stout. And I believe this is just a variant of it, that they added all the contra coffee, hence the Cafe Bamba. Um, and I don't think I've ever had the Zar I haven't been out the junk ditch much, because they usually just cycle in their same six or seven staple beers. And there hasn't been much new. And if it's new, it's, like, just another lager or just another IPA or something so nothing really stood out as something fancy but but i like coffee so i thought this would be a nice little kick up but yeah the coffee has since died on the nose of this it's slightly there but it's very heavy alcoholic burning sense on the nose What you doing pale? oh I was looking up the. I was gonna say I'm like we're in the middle of tasting our beer, and you look like they're give doing their beer. You're like oh,
1: text, text. text. I was uh, a. <laughs> I was pull up the Czar bomba oh. on Untapped. Did you find it? Because uh, I, put I it found in it, air. but there's nothing, no description of it. So.
4: Well, no, I wrote that description. That's why. Oh, okay. That's why I took what I wrote, and then I added the Czar bomba and I forgot to go back and do an edit and put this back in there. But.
1: Oh, I got you.
2: Yeah. So the the Czar bomba Has uh, 297 total check-ins, and it's at a 3.88 for that one. And it looks like, uh, even though it has a 3.88, everything's been positive about it, from what I can see. Hmm. So, your baseline's
4: pretty good.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good.
4: All right, what are you getting taste-wise, Pam? Burns.
3: Alcohol.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it burns. There's a burn. Uh, The coffee... Comes through like a little bit later. Yeah, at the end there.
4: It's more in the back end. You're right.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't think this beer doesn't not holding up. Very no well anymore.
4: I mean, it's not, sure. but um, still, it's not bad. But if I do remember, I drank a couple of cans when this first came out, and just after that first can, man, it hit me, and it's like, whoa, there's a lot of alcohol. So I don't even know if this nine and a half is accurate or not. There may be a lot more in this than what they originally had thought, but.
1: This tastes like a 12%. Yeah.
4: This is almost like Dark Lord stuff. The
1: Dark, yeah.
2: (laughs) The difference between 9% and 12% on a gravity reading is very small. You mess up like a 0.07 to a point. Yeah. yeah, Like instead of a 0.07 to a 0.09 difference, like you misread it or something. That could be just 3% alcohol right there.
3: Mm. Yeah, does it seem like it's barrel aged, or would that have improved it? Like based on the alcohol is, but it's not a barrel aged. It's just been can aged. Can aged end. in my
4: <laughs> fridge forever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it set a little bit more. Maybe I should have. I so I don't know. What's
2: the variant part of this? Just that they added double coffee. The to coffee. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is part
4: of their their cold brew. That so also increase.
3: The alcohol content, because I think the SARBom is like at eight.
2: Yeah, eight point seven sixty-five mm-hmm. IBUs, yeah. So added another one nine point
3: five.
2: Unless they added sh- like sugar to their cold brew when they added it. Oh Could maybe have been. and then the, the, yeast the yeast from it when you barreled it just like it was like, oh let's reactivate.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, double the alcohol.
4: When I originally checked this in I remember the coffee was not very prominent. Because, you know, when it says Cafe Bomba, I'm thinking, coffee, Yeah, we go. Let's get punch-in-the-mouth coffee. And it certainly was not at all. Uh, so with that cold brew and the the roasted beans that it was um, brewed with, it's, it's pretty subtle coffee. And the longer it sat, that coffee has since died um, a little bit yeah. more. But the roastiness stays. But, man... The alcohol content's just coming through. Mm -hmm. Maybe you let this sit a little bit more. It'll probably smooth itself out because I noticed with a lot of these beers, the colder they are, the more alcohol you get right off the bat. And that beer we had uh, a couple episodes ago, not too long ago, um, that we, when that beer sat a little bit more, the uh, Bananas Foster, the sweetness came out. Right. And the other variants started to pop out a little bit more. And it wasn't just like pure alcohol.
3: Do you want us to talk about our beer and then we'll get to your review? or
4: I, I don't think it's do really going to make change that, that much? much of a difference, honestly. I, I can give like my t- true check-in for when I had this fresh right. uh, to do it justice. but And then I'll let Pale talk about <laughs> what he thinks now. I'm very I know, I'm
1: struggling to come up with a score right now because of the burn mm. and the,
4: the burn no label no okay. label no. <laughs> we'll <see>. yeah no, <laughs> i mean
2: you can always recap it like do your initial and then recap it mm-hmm. later just to see if it changes yeah uh we might as well just do the untapped real quick there's uh seven check-ins total and there's no rating because there's not enough people yeah they, get, um, they need and- at
3: least 10 in order to get the average or something i was reading on the untapped website
2: yeah, and I think Keith was the only one who wrote anything, so... yep. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Not a lot of help. So,
2: yet. yeah, so that's as far as it's going to get from us. Like, there's no, there's nothing. So, untapped, you failed me. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Unless you want to go through checking...
3: the, the czar Bomba and read some of that. <laughs> the, the base beer.
2: Yeah, the base it's beer. That's
3: all we can do.
2: We can provide, yeah. So there you go. The ball is back in your court. <laughs> all right. Well, we killed as much time as
3: we could. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: all Thank good. Thank you for
1: that 15
3: seconds. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Keith already checked his end so he can go yeah. with his old review.
4: That's what I was just going to say. Um, I originally said a smooth Imperial stout brewed with Junk Ditch's own cold brew goes down way too easy for an Imperial at nine and a half percent. And drinking this now, it is not going down easy. Um, <sighs> And the coffee is not too oh, too overpowering, and balances this beer out so well. One of my favorite styles, coffee stouts, definitely one of my favorites. Um, but this one didn't hold up very well. And when I said uh, <laughs> February pale, I meant November twenty fifth, twenty twenty.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's when <laughs> that's I first had this. Three so this
4: the is a little bit longer than that. <laughs> Uh yeah, we're a couple
2: months out of a year.
4: Yep. Mm-hmm. So I guess they don't age well, stouts, in fridges, which scares me. I gotta drink a whole bunch of other stuff in there that's <laughs> pretty similar. Anyway. Like,
3: this is like a a crowler or whatever. This isn't. No, mine well, was an actual should... four pack. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've always been concerned about crawlers. Yeah. Even though crawlers like. Are the same as growlers or uh, it's cans. Just a can. Yeah. So. It's
4: just a big can. Yeah.
3: But they do say to drink growlers within like a couple of weeks, which is like, yeah, yeah within a should week. Should I be drinking my cans that fast? I've seen <laughs> cans <laughs> in, in liquor stores that have been sitting there for two years. You know,
4: I think it depends I've, if it was like factory produced with the machine press or is it a hand press? Many of them have the, mm-hmm. the hand press, which does not seal it as well. So, yeah, there's no carbonation involved in yeah. that or anything like that. Which I think is what we're victims of here because it's junk ditch and they're not well known for their they, cans and They've just started canning yeah. this year. Well, I guess last
3: year. <laughs> according, at the end
4: of 2020. That's true. Pandemic forced them to can.
1: Uh, so I'm in the process of checking in and uh, as it is right now, I'm thinking it's about a three and a quarter to a three and a half because I can't get... Uh, I can't get all the coffee notes that were intended to be there. It's very little coffee at the end with a lot of burn and uh, just a little bit of sweetness, like at the beginning. But um, I would, I have another can of this, I believe, at home. That's going to be aged just as bad. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to, it's not going to make a difference. But I'm sure this coffee was like, I'm not coffee, but this beer was pretty good when it was first brewed. I just, I can't get the whole, all of it right now. So I'm going to go like three and a quarter.
4: Yeah. Just take my word for it. It was good.
1: was good. All right. Yeah. I would, uh, I believe uh, Keith men-
3: mentioned in your untapped that this is an older can. Yeah. Just case you come off across it again, you might want to retaste it and update your score. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, let's get on to the next beer. We
2: have ourselves Duality from the Terre Haute Brewing Company. Uh, This was selected because you have your good Samus and your dark Samus. So it's the duality of it. You have your light side, dark side, right? Yep. So uh, good one, bad one. Yep um this one i found at a liquor store and i was like oh this is a wonderful option because we had several Terho brewing company beers the citrogenesis which was a like a hoppy wheat and then we had a couple like ipas and then i saw that they had a stout i was like oh yes please let's roll so then i grabbed it and um, I don't know if this was the one that I gave you. I know I, I bought it al- at a store. I don't know if you brought provided or if I provided, but either way, you have it available to yep. you. I have it available to me. I figured we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and snag it up. Uh, this one is at ten percent IBUs. I hope it's ten percent, and not like your fifteen percent or over there. Sorry, ABVs. Um, this one is properly labeled. I'm assuming. Um, this also has 70 IBUs, which is the uh, NGC, which is a UK, uh, a UK, which is United Kingdom magazine. Their issue number 70 included a disc that had a Metroid Prime trailer on it. Ooh, it was wow. released in August of 2020, or sorry, 2002, so 2002. Uh, So if you were in the UK and you ordered this magazine, you got a DVD with it and it had the trailer on there. Uh, Duality is a contrast between two concepts, dark and light, Samus, a common theme these days, uh, bitter and sweet, not too many flavors, uh, wait, hold on, bitter and sweet. Not many flavor combinations go so well together and represent dualism. Rich, roasty, bready, coffee-like flavors meld to form perfect duality. Maybe we can all find places where dualism makes the sum better than the individual parts. Uh, So this is a wonderful segue because hopefully our coffee beer tastes just as good as yours. Or Mm -hmm. better. If not better. If not, if not fresher. <laughs> <laughs> it fr-
3: definitely I, should be fresher. Yeah. This one hopefully. was purchased,
2: I think mine was purchased in April. I'm pretty sure you gave it to me because I've never seen yeah. this beer before. Then, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> funny story, uh, Saf sometimes gives me like a, a thing of like 20 beers and then I bring back a thing of 20 beers and I forget what I bought <laughs> <Yes>. last <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I've definitely had it Um, The can on this one is super cool Yeah, it's got like a black
3: background There are like little Symbols back there They're tough to see because they're like in a dark Dark grey font or uh, Color as well, but there's like flowers And other things Mm -hmm. Back there Uh, In the main front and center we have two wolves And Mm -hmm. One we see like the uh, X-ray of so, we can see all the skeletal bones mm-hmm. uh at the top, there's a sun, and at the bottom there's a moon, so the duality between night and day duality between the outside of a wolf and the inside of a wolf <laughs> kind uh, of
4: yin yin and yang vibes, yeah, getting from it
3: yeah uh then we got the t h b c at the top and duality at the bottom. it's an imperial stout, as you mentioned. And then on the side of the can, it says all of the words that you read earlier. Yeah, for the
2: most part, the the font on the side of the cans, uh, definitely legible uh, with the story and like the yeah, name of it. Hundred cool. percent. Yeah. Uh, the logo, of course, is a little bit hard to see. Um, just the detail, it's there, but you kind of have to like kind of look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the the metallic color. Uh, and it's not the can color. It's
3: actually just like a <laughs> metallic font color or whatever. And I also like um, how all their cans have this drink beer from Indiana thing on the side inside the in- the state of Indiana with a little uh, image there that has something to do with the can. So on this one, it's the sun and the moon crisscrossing like a eclipse. Oh, yeah.
2: I think the Citrogenesis had like a like a roller skater, a boombox, or or a Boy, <laughs> whatever it was trying to do in that nineties uh, yeah. thing.
3: Uh, the color of the beer is black. The same as yours. Yeah, I'm gonna make up a new color for this and say it is dark samus. Oh. Dark samus. Right. Why didn't we think of that? Right there, because you're stupid. <laughs> 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 oh.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um
2: on first <laughs> reference first smell reference oh. trying to keep this ragtag group going along <laughs> very coffee
3: yeah definitely get like, like notes of coffee but this it didn't say coffee well, I, I guess coffee like flavors did. but it didn't say like yeah. conjure coffee beans or anything right. like there's said
2: yeah roasty toasty bready coffee like so i just imagine that yeah there's gonna be something like coffee in here and that's the only thing i smell right now yeah that's that's the prime scent i'm getting maybe maybe the toastiness out of the can if you still have your can with you uh because i still have some beer in the can it's a little like toasty but it's mainly just a yeah yeah, uh, like the the, the roastier part of the coffee bean mm-hmm. more
3: so than anything else. It looks like more like a chocolate, but I guess they don't specify chocolate. It's just like the toasty coffee notes that they're yeah. specifying. So I'm kind of um, hoping. I guess we'll taste it and find out. Sure. Definitely Woof. get the coffee. The that's ten- not the only
2: thing I get. <laughs> There's a little bit of burn, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. the,
3: that's the alcohol there. But it's not as bad for like a 10%. I expected worse. Yeah. I was kind of bracing myself for it so because mm-hmm. i'm like oh a double digit number uh help me lord <laughs> yeah. help me but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't as bad as i was expecting but it's still it's still noticeable it's like i'm ending
2: my night on this one mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um uh definitely
3: it's like kind yeah. of sweet so it, it definitely mm-hmm. helps in that regard
2: um i don't taste coffee i taste roasty yeah i smell the coffee I just don't taste coffee. A little bit of bitterness to it. Um, it's kind of milky, but also dry at the same time. Uh, on the back end, it's like dry.
3: Yeah, I agree. It, I think it's mine's too cold. It needs to be a little bit warmer because mm-hmm. I'm not getting the full breath of the beer. <laughs>
2: <Why>? <laughs> I was going to say breath of the wild. <laughs> I almost said yeah. it. Yeah. There's um definitely a lot going on here. Yeah, I, I'm it, very it much enjoying it. Right. Uh, essentially what they promised, right? Like mm. this is a duality, this is two concepts, these are things that were thrown together. And is it it says better and sweet. Is it bitter and sweet? I think I wrote I, better yeah, and yeah. sweet.
3: Yeah. I think that um bitter and sweet and is I what could, it says on the can, so yeah. Untapped has it I, wrong. <laughs>
2: I can s- I can see where they're referencing the bitter, but I think the sweetness of it just kind of overtakes.
3: Yeah, I mean those seventy IBUs are not nothing There's to no fear joke. because it's got this sweetness that kind of cuts through, and it's it helps it along.
2: Yeah, yeah this is definitely enjoyable.
1: You got me un- to do Untapped?
4: Yeah, what's Untapped? Please,
1: I pulled up Untapped. Uh, so a Duality has. 293 check-ins and a 3.93 overall. And I have three friends who checked it in. Uh, Chris Leland gave it a four, said thanks Jason V. I re- This is really good. Roasty with a dark chocolate bitterness. And I can't say any other ones because they're on the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I have... I have several. Um, a person that I've read before who now added me, which is like wonderful. Remember Doyle Doyle?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read him before a couple times. He actually added me on tap. So I feel like he watches Ooh. Ooh. or listens. <laughs> but he did add me. Uh, he had several check-ins. What did this one... And this one. Okay. So they actually wrote something each time. All right. So Doyle said, uh, strong beer sitting in the garage, sipping a second beer. This is back. This is the back of a new t shirt I have. I don't know what that means. Oh, the picture, the picture is the back of a t shirt he's wearing. Okay. So that was very confusing. All right. So he gave it a 425. The next check in that he had was 425 as well. He said, great beer, beautiful Friday evening. Cheers. And then Memorial Day, he checked this in again. Allison checked this in when I bought it May 6th, 2021. She gave it a 375. I do see someone who's not on Untapped or my friend on Untapped. Uh, Greg M, he checked this in at home. This was what, one hour ago. He said, It's the only thing that slowly stops the aches. Oh, wow. He gave it a four. Poor. Greg he needs a hug Greg uh, if you're vaccinated Find someone who will hug you It won't be me
1: Oh I got one for you guys Uh, Eric F gave it a four and a half He said And this is a reference to a song He said This beer makes me want to do the opposite of Push my fingers into my eyes Do you know the reference? Uh, Slipknot It's a Slipknot song Called Duality Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: That makes sense now. I read that and I'm like, I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, girl. If you, you listen
1: to the song, you'd be like, oh, there it is right there. I push my finger into my
0: eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then it... I push my finger into my eyes. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, RIP Jordy Jordison or Joey Jordison. He died last week.
1: Oh, I saw that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a drummer,
2: yeah. Uh Destry W said super roasty, but not as heavy as I would have expected for a 10%er. Uh, Destry sounds like a female, so I'll say she gave it a 375. Oh, this k- Justin C. Coffee flavor with breakfast, dinner. Like, this picture, it looks like it poured wonderfully. Hmm. Poured all over the counter. A little tiny cup. Little itty-bitty cup, and it looks delicious. Maple syrupy deliciousness. Jeez.
4: Do you see uh, Simon K's here? It says, warm, a solid beer. Nothing crazy, mind you, but it does have a nice, robust flavor. Not the best imperial stout I've had. More middle of the road. It's a little watery, and I think it could stand for a bit more depth to make it closer to an Imperial. Dope can. Dope. Mm. Dope can. That was very descriptive. That's one of the better descriptions we've had in a while.
3: Yeah. I'd have to disagree. Mine is very full-bodied. I'm not missing any. It doesn't seem watered down or anything.
2: Yeah. It is definitely the most full-bodied beer that we've had. Maybe the aging aging helped.
3: Yeah. Yeah, probably. The few months that we had it. Could be.
2: Yeah, we can say this is Java full, if I'm right, yeah.
3: Right, yeah. Uh I checked mine in if we wanna hear about that, or I could just I'd go fuck to. off somewhere. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> I mean you can tell us and then yeah. go fuck off. Share <laughs> <Sure, laughs> your thoughts, then go fuck off.
3: <laughs> okay. We'll do. Uh I, uh I gave this a four and a half. Ooh. Uh, I could have, I could be swayed to check it in higher, but uh, the ABV is there in uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the only thing I think really hurting it for me because I I like a more drinkable beer, but uh, I, I think the sweetness and the bitterness balance out very well in this beer, and um, it, it's a delightful like roasty almost. The the coffee's a little lacking, but like the sweetness of like a like a chocolate or something is very delightful. Yeah.
2: I checked the sun initially at a four. I reevaluated it now when I upped it a quarter of a bottle cap. The issue that I had with it, I believe, um in May is uh I don't I don't know, I just didn't like the combination uh of everything kind of like going together and I think the higher A B V kinda had something to do with it. Yeah. Um it it's kinda grown on me a little bit and as I kinda sip through this it it kinda is getting better. Uh but I guess I'm kinda learning that coffee stouts aren't not really my thing. Um I like the milk stouts. I like the higher A B V stouts. Um
3: I think I prefer like an oatmeal or a milk yeah. stout or whatever. It's more yeah. full-bodied stout.
2: Yeah, I, I just don't know. I I mean, it's kind of like a, I don't drink regular coffee because right. of the of the caffeine problems. I drink decaf coffee because I do like sometimes having the taste of coffee. But then, like at the end of the day, it's like this does nothing for me. Hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know. It's just maybe it. Maybe it just depends on the type of coffee and the coffee flavor, because I don't drink it for the caffeine type mm-hmm. of thing. But the... I don't know. There's just something about this one that was kind of iffy. But I still give it a four and a quarter, so it's still really freaking good because <laughs> stouts rule the world. Yeah. And stouts stouts should rule the world. Yep. It's um, still a
3: stout, so it's still pretty good, but you've had better. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, I've had better Imperial Stouts. This one is not advertised as being a coffee stout. It says it has coffee-like flavors, but that's the only thing that I'm really tasting right now. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too harsh, but four and a quarter is still pretty good. Yeah, agreed. And I will drink it (laughs) because it's a stout. All right, now that it looks like 15 minutes have passed, has yours guys
1: gotten any better? still just alcohol juice. Well, I finished mine, so I must have Damn it, Pam!
4: just lama potato. One job. Not drink it, let it oh, warm. I, He's I, over here chugging it. So. I was trying so hard I loved uh, it. I think he gave it a four and a half. It was a roll reversal there. Uh, <laughs> no, it's still pretty boozy and hard to not drink. much has come out. It's gotten worse, I think. Oh, it gotten worse after even, warming up.
2: Even getting even getting closer to cellar temperature. Damn. Like it doesn't bring any
3: more coffee for stouts out
4: no it's the got about the same flavor in,
3: is it even more noticeable
4: no it, it didn't get worse but it's just it didn't improve either it's still the same I think it's just way past its Metroid prime shelf
3: date
2: <laughs> I am interested reading a little bit about the Czar
4: bomba I am interested in yeah, trying yeah I that. definitely need to try that yeah,
2: that'd
3: be a good one
4: I should have started with that mm-hmm. I didn't even know it existed.
2: Well, Junk Ditch has been kind of like a, a restaurant that serves beer versus a brewery that has food. So yeah. it's kind of kind of hard to make it. You know, when I lived in Fort Wayne, it was really hard for me to even like offer up like as, that as a solution, especially since like Hop River and Two Toms and such are like so easy to get to.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just it's too far away and there's not much pull for me to go that far mm-hmm. even though on Wednesdays they have like a uh, $5 growler fills but that's just for their basic staple beer mm-hmm. yeah and it's like that's I've had it and it's not that exciting the their cream ale their red ale their IPA yeah that's about it yeah
3: it'd be like one of those things you get to review on the podcast just for a cheap beer to share with pale and then yeah that's the only really reason to have it right? yeah
1: I, I think they're similar to like a granite city I feel like you know, like... Yeah,
4: yeah, that was more national chain, but...
1: uh the disrespect.
4: But I see what you mean. Yeah.
2: I don't 100% see what you mean. Yeah.
4: I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show.
3: Metroid is a Japanese action-adventure game franchise created by Nintendo. The player controls Bounty Hunter, Samus Aran, who protects the galaxy from space pirates and mm. their attempts to harness the power of the parasitic Metroid creatures. The first Metroid was developed by Nintendo R&amp;D d one released on NES in 86, making Samus one of the earliest female video game protagonists. It was followed by Metroid 2 in 91 on the Game Boy. Then Super Metroid in 94 on the SNES. Developed with intellect, Intelligent Systems. Uh, the first 3D Metroid Prime game came out in 2002 on the GameCube. Developed by Retro Studios. And Which had, is like their
2: first game. Or it, one of their early first yeah. games. Because Retro State, uh, Studios was Iguana. And a couple oh, other people yeah. that uh, came yeah, 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 yeah. in. Yeah. I think this is their first game.
3: Yeah. Uh, I was reading some facts, and they were actually pitched a different game, but then I think Nintendo was like, here, do this game instead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that was followed by two sequels. The, th- the Metroid 3 was on the Wii. Uh, following Team Ninja's uh, Metroid Other M in 2010 for the Wii, the series went on hiatus. Uh, before returning with uh, Metroid, Samus returns a remake of Metroid 2 on the 3DS in 2017 but we haven't really had any real new games since 2010. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, team Ninja is the team that developed Ninja Gaiden.
3: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Someone else is. can do the next one. Sure. Yeah.
2: Um, I was going to ask a question real quick. Okay. Um, other than this week, how many of us have played Samus games in the past?
1: Me. Uh, me.
4: That's it. Maybe, maybe maybe once or twice, yeah. but I'm like, this game's dumb, and I moved on to something <laughs> else, because I didn't know the story, and I didn't know what was going on, so, yeah. I just didn't grow up with this game.
2: Me, me either, yeah. I played Samus in Smash Brothers, and that was it. Like, I yeah. had no idea where... She- that's where she was from. That's where I. Learned. I didn't even know that that Samus was a female until like Melee. Yep. Oh wow! And like, which is yeah, and that
1: same with me. But it's funny because in Super Metroid, when you die, her suit explodes, and you see her hair. Clearly, she's female. Yeah. <laughs> but that I overlooked that. Like, I don't. It was. Well, it's funny,
2: funny. because in the uh, game manual for Metroid on the 1986 version NES that says he as a space hunter to, mm, uh, because they didn't they didn't know, well, that I it was have to be female till later.
3: I have a piece of trivia. Samus oh. being a woman wasn't used until the last minute when some of the developers thought it would be a cool surprise to players that beat the game fast enough uh, to see the twist. So you had to beat the first game in like record time to see Samus without the suit on. So, it, it but it was just like a last minute addition in like a little scene <laughs> that they added. Mm-hmm. So it, they didn't even have time to update the the manual to say she, or they didn't want to re- ruin the reveal, so they just left it. Mm-hmm.
4: Interesting, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metroid combines the platforming of Super Mario Brothers and the exploration of The Legend of Zelda with a science fiction setting and an emphasis on non linear gameplay. Players battle hostile alien enemies and obtain power-ups as they progress through the game world. The series is known for its isolated atmosphere, featuring few non-player characters to interact with. The first Metroid games were side-scrolling, while the prime games adopt a first-person perspective. I
2: feel like the Metroid game side scrolling was like the first side scrolling game that allowed you to backtrack. True. That, a lot of the a lot of the platforming side scrolling games that you play, like you only went forward Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah exactly
3: it created a whole genre which we'll get to in the next paragraph.
1: as of september 2012 the metroid series had sold over 17.4 million copies metroid games are often ranked among the greatest of all time the series has been represented in other nintendo media including the super smash bros series Additional media includes soundtracks, comic books, and manga. Along with the 1997 Konami game Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, the early Metroid games, defined the Metroidvania subgenre, inspiring other games with continuous, explorable side-scrolling levels. And
2: that's essentially what I was referring to. Exactly. The Metroidvania, yeah.
3: It really should just be called Metroid came first and made the genre. And then, I mean, maybe Castlevania was in development at the same time. So they kind of get credit for it, too. Or they're they're more popular than the Metroid series. So they get their name thrown in with it.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, something like that. Metroid is widely held as a
2: revolutionary game series. Clearly, we just mentioned that a bunch Uh, Being one of Nintendo's premier franchises on the NES and with many well-received entries credited for helping to found an entire genre, at the same time, only four games in the entire franchise have ever broken one million copies sold. By comparison, Super Mario Land 1989 for Game Boy alone has sold more copies than every Metroid game combined, with over 18 million copies sold.
3: That's depressing. Wow. That's where the problem lies. These games are very uh, critically well-received, but nobody buys them, so Nintendo doesn't make them very often. That's why we haven't had one in almost 20 years.
4: Yeah. Right. Now I know why. Uh,
3: Mm.
2: Uh, Speaking of the... It's been like 20 years. The story chronologically is as follows. The Metroid, which was... um, In 1986 for the NES, but also when they re-released it for Metroid Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance in 2004 is the start of it. The Zero Mission was the remake of the NES version, right?
3: Yeah, they just updated the graphics and Uh, made
2: it handheld. Right. Then it follows with the Prime Games You have five of the Prime games, including the trilogy, which really most people who say if you're going to play Metroid, you're going to play these three games, the Prime, Prime 2, Prime 3. Uh, But You have Prime 2, 2002, the GameCube, Prime Hunters on the DS that came out in 2006, Prime 2 Echoes that came out in 2004, Prime 3 Corruption that came out for the Wii in 2007, and then you have
3: your Federation Force that came out in 2016 for the 3DS federation force i skipped because you don't play as samus in it you play as the federation force saving samus from whatever she's gotten herself into so i was like oh, i don't fucking uh, care about that no. shit. <laughs> <laughs> dumb that might actually
2: be like a interesting concept for t- some people
3: yeah mm. but it had been 10 years since a metroid game had been released i was like so you've skipped 10 years and now you're giving us a game that doesn't even have Samus as a playable character. Fuck off. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Metroid two return of Samus for the game boy. Or if
2: you played the 3DS version, it's a Metroid Samus returns. Uh, This one was at the end of it. You had the uh, little hatchling Metroid that popped Mm -hmm. out and thought that Samus was the mother, which leads right into super Metroid because that creature after being taken to the laboratory for experiments and all that stuff from the scientist, the Ridley breaks in to the laboratory, kills everybody, and steals the baby Metroid, and runs off. And that's the start of Super Metroid, where you fight Ridley, and you are underpowered, and you basically just have to survive before you start the uh, the, the game. Uh, After that, you have Other M, which was the cinematic game. He basically paid for cinematics. (laughs) And then you have Metroid Fusion and then Metroid Dread, which most people are still confused or concerned that Metroid Dread may not even come out, even though pre-orders have opened for it already. Oh,
3: really? Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty uh, playable. Like, they played it at E3. They did a whole bunch of demos of it, so...
1: Yeah. The trailer consisted with like a lot of gameplay, so or
3: was it was it uh, Prime,
2: Prime Four, four that, th- that they're thinking? Oh yeah, they, they, they,
1: they, they won't even talk about it anymore because they're like mm. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, because they had to like completely like redo that game. I guess mm-hmm. they had to scrap most of it and restart over.
3: Yeah,
2: well, you kind of have to if you're kind of dealing the the FPS like game space. You kind of have to compete with games that. You know, do that type of thing. You have your Borderlands uh, Mm -hmm. or your Destiny or, you know, Halo, because Halo is coming out with the new game. You still have technologies and engines that you have to compete with Mm -hmm. in order to keep up with those games. And if you're not up to par, then why would anyone care to play your game versus playing just those? True. But I'm assuming Prime 4 is going to fall after Federation Force? Or would
3: it be, like... Uh, th- probably, or they'll just f- completely forget about that game. I don't know Yeah, the story of that game. I guess it says it here a little bit later. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, where it might actually fall in line, but... I would imagine if it it's in that Prime... Prime kind yeah. of takes place in the middle between 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So Metroid follows the adventures of the bounty hunter, Samus, who battles villainous space pirates. The pirates threaten the Galactic Federation with their attempts to harness biological weapons such as the Metroid creatures and the hazardous phazon material. Samus was raised by the Chozo, an avian race, after her parents were killed by space pirates. She serves in the military of the Galactic Federation before departing and beginning work as a bounty hunter in the original metroid that wasn't
2: that wasn't in any of the games right that wasn't like a that, comic that was released like after i believe so like yeah. there's like something that goes into Oliver backstory <laughs> but not <laughs> basically the like let's like re- let's release this pamphlet to kind of give samus a backstory <laughs> which you can fucking appreciate yeah a character with a
3: backstory hell yeah they tried to get into to a movie at one point uh, i'll save that for later i think that's comes later in my notes so i'll just skip that for now uh in the original metroid samus travels to the planet zebus to stop the space pirates from using the metroids to create biological weapons she defeats the cybernetic life form mother brain as well as its guardians kraid and ridley
2: kraid is creepy looking he is yeah, it's like it's a like big a... fat dinosaur, like looking <laughs> oh, yeah. it. like a like a blobby dino. Yeah,
3: it's
2: like where'd you come from? I get Ridley came from a xenomorph. A xenomorph. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, in Metroid Prime, Samus travels to Talon Four to stop the space pirates from exploiting a powerful radioactive substance, Phazon. Metroid Prime hunters sees. Samus responds to a distress distress call to the Alembic Cluster and fights alongside with other bounty hunters against a creature named Goria. In Metroid Prime 2, Echoes, Samus explores the planet Aether, which has been split into light and dark dimensions. The battle and battles Dark Samus and in the Ing race. Uh, dark Samus because uh happens because she goes to the dark dimension and the dark dimension creatures kind of feast
3: on her it's like the end of prime one she defeats yeah. the phase but then that they grab her suit and kind of steal part of her yeah
2: mm-hmm. and it, and it has like her DNA.
3: it steals her suit and has her dna in it so it like forms into a new being
2: yeah, like, kind of like uh, reverse engineers, uh, a dark, yeah. dark Samus. Uh, in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, Samus searches for bounty hunters who have been infected with Phazon, while being slowly corrupted by Phazon herself. Metroid Prime Federation Force, the only game in which players do not control Samus, sees Samus being controlled by space pirates. The Federation Force battles to rescue her and destroys the phase pirates. I was watching a video. I don't know if it's the video that you guys are watching about the history, but there was a guy, Slopes or Sloops or whatever. He basically was like, if you're going to play any of the Samus games, play Prime Trilogy. Just buy the Prime Trilogy pack and then play from start to finish. He's like, if you're not going to play anything else, just play those three. It's like the best experience you can get
3: from a Samus game. Um,
2: and he, it's probably accurate if you're a first-person shooter yeah, type of guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I
3: prefer the side-scrolling ones. I would play Super Metroid uh, and Metroid Fusion. Those were my two favorite. I
2: think I can understand that because I'm I'm all about like 100% self-ex uh, explore and not having an end goal. Uh, We'll have an end goal, but not like a forced goal like you move to the next place and move next place like open exploration is always good as long as you have something in mind and be able to, you know, have to potentially backtrack and go different ways and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, which way to go, I think is like the best form of a side scroll which they have mm-hmm. but i guess the first person shooter also provides that. It,
3: it's the same thing just in 3d yeah they, they, it fits very well they did a great job of translating uh the side scroller into 3d because if you imagined yourself playing this as a side scroller you could see the layout of the map and like how the save state is there save, save room is over here and all the map rooms over mm-hmm. here it fits very well they did a great job translating the 2d into 3d
2: yeah and i think it potentially maybe like this game this game came out in 2002 which is like right around the same time halo came out uh but i didn't start playing first person shooters until a couple years ago so about 15 years difference between this game and the first person shooters that i play now so the controls are way different than what i'm familiar with and it's kind of clunky. Like, I can't go back and play Halo 1 now. Like, based on mm-hmm. what I've played now, it's really hard. This game is no different. I just think this one's a little bit more fun than Halo was to me at
3: least. It's more know. of an action-adventure exploring game than rather yeah. a run-and-gun whatever Halo is.
2: Yeah, I still haven't figured out what Halo is. <laughs> I think it is just I no a, clue. I think it, it's a run-gun.
3: It, it's a multiplayer online game where you just play with your friend yeah. like that's all i ever know halo halo to be i don't even know what the story is
1: i don't either so master
4: <laughs> master chief that's all i know and chief, yeah they wake him up like he's in stasis like the world's fucked up again he's like okay, okay he gets his gun and then comes out and <laughs> cleans up their mess that's what my understanding of it although i've only played halo one and two and it's just mm-hmm. multiplayer
2: And I played Destiny Forever, and that has a really great story
4: from the same creators of Halo. And it's like, is this just the same game, just with a different (laughs) story? Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) In Metroid 2, moving on, Samus travels to the Metroid homeworld, SR388, to exterminate the species, but saves a hatchling Metroid that bonds to her and delivers her to the series research station for study. And Super Metroid Ridley Ridley, Ridley 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 steals the hatchling and takes it to M- Zebes, Pubes, Zeeb- uh, where the space pirates are attempting to clone the Metroids. Samus is nearly killed by Mother Brain, but is rescued by the Metroid now grown. Samus escapes as Zebes Zebes explodes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a turnaround! Yeah, you Samus eradicate the this whole. Baby. <laughs> you eradicate the whole race, except for this one, and this one saves your life. Mm. What a twist! A Feel good story that may not really happen.
1: It was so huge, though. Like when, well, because it's all grown up, all grown uh, up. Yeah, it comes in like, like the Rugrats s- sucks <laughs> the mother brain up. Yeah, true. Uh, in Metroid, other M Samus investigates a dere- derelict space station with a Galactic Federation platoon. They team up to stop a clone of Mother Brain created by a Federation group. In Metroid, would do that? yeah. <laughs> in Metroid Fusion, Samus investigates a space station in orbit around SR three eight eight, swarming with organisms infected with shape shifting creatures known as X parasites. A vaccine made from the baby Metroid cells saves her life. She discovers that the Federation has been cloning Metroids in secret and sets the space station on a collision with SR-388 to destroy it. So,
2: Aliens 3. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> or yep. Resurrection, uh, essentially.
3: <laughs> uh, what is left out, uh, the The vaccine made from the Metroid cells saves her life, so she is now part Metroid. Mm-hmm. So, now the name of the game could go on and mean anything because she is a metroid she has metroid dna in her (laughs) so she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to fight the metroid in every series whereas they had to like shoehorn metroids in there every time as like the enemy or like as the creatures she's investigating now she is metroid which is what Mm -hmm. players of the game always assumed she was metroid but she's saying this just like players always assumed link is zelda yep Cause yeah the legend true this is the legend of metroid but Metroid <laughs> is just like the enemy like this little thing off to the side that you're investigating um coming soon is metroid dread which we've mentioned the producer yashio sakamoto said that droid or that dread will conclude the main metroid arc that focuses on the fates of samus and the parasitic metroid creatures after the events of metroid fusion in which sam samus wipes out The lethal X parasite along with the senior 388 planet, the Galactic Federation receives a video transmission from the unknown source indicating that the X are still alive. They dispatch a special unit of 7 ME robots, which stands for Extraplanetary Multiform Mobile Identifier to ZDR, the source of the transmission. Soon the unit vanishes and Samus travels to ZDR to investigate. And from gameplay footage and stuff, it looks like the ME robots are now hunting Samus. But uh, my uh, theory is that they hunt her because she has Metroid DNA, so they think she is bad. Hmm.
1: Okay, that
3: makes sense. Uh, But what I think is cool is she has the Metroid Fusion suit on, which is like the blue armor Mm -hmm. that she gets in that game yeah so that makes sense why this game takes place after that game the game that i would be excited
2: about if it ever really happens would be (laughs) metroid prime number four
3: hopefully they update Uh, the 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 controls game to include dual sticks and like the (laughs) the, to work on the nintendo switch controller because the gamecube controller isn't very conducive to a first-person shooter
2: it didn't map up well when I mapped it to my Xbox, and it still didn't really do well. Uh, but E3 2017, I do believe we mentioned this when we did E3 episode like, yeah. a while ago, like in 2017, because we had our separate episodes, like me and Keith did one, and then you and Keith did one, and then like Pale and Keith did mm-hmm. one, and one of the ones was like the Nintendo version, you're like, ah, eh, Metroid's coming out with another one, but they're not really sure, so... We'll see about it. I'm excited about it because it's a first-person shooter, so hopefully it happens. But they really don't have much to say about it. It says, according to Eurogamer, it was initially de- developed by Bandai co Studios, but Nintendo was not satisfied with its progress. In 2019, development restarted with Retro, what's up, developer of the previous games. Why so would you just start
3: there, like? Right. Yeah. The people uh, that well, cried the exactly. series. Let's go to fucking yeah. Namco and fuck off retro. But... <laughs> oh wait, two years have passed and we don't like the game you're making. <laughs> we'll what go we back to time? where we start. Should have started to begin with.
2: Well, the the creator of, uh, well, technically the creator of Metroid and Super Metroid, and the president, or I guess the lead developer, didn't get along because the the lead guy was like. I do not like the progress that you're making on this game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they release it, they're like, This is the best game ever. <laughs> like if you're gonna work if you're gonna work on this, you gotta if you're gonna work on any game for Nintendo, you gotta watch this game. So I totally understand like the expectations, but you kinda have to like pump the brakes a little bit. Right. And kind of just wait to see the how it's going, but them going back to like re- retro studios just makes me even more excited about yeah. it. And I hope that retro kind of takes like a page out of like Bungie's page, you know, uh, Bungie Studios page, or any other like first person shooter, and just kind of like here's how this is supposed to happen in 2020 or 2021. Like here's how they're supposed to flow, and with upgra- updated graphics from different engines, I feel like. It might be like a really smooth game, and I would pre-order this one versus like pre-ordering Dread.
3: If they would, if they were smart, they would re-release the Metroid Trilo- Prime trilogy on Switch before this game releases yeah. to get mm-hmm. people yeah. ready for mm-hmm. it and to I'd celebrate oh, yeah, the anniversary. Sure. Uh, it, it just makes sense because these games are selling for like two hundred dollars on eBay because. Nintendo doesn't support Metroid enough and these games are hard Mm -hmm. to find now like all of the old Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance games are impossible to find and they're hundreds of dollars like just re-release them (laughs) like put them available somewhere so people can buy them from you and not have to spend an arm and a leg it doesn't make sense
2: right I would pay 60 for the trilogy versus paying for you know $200 for each game or whatever I think you can get it on like the
3: Wii U virtual console for like 20 bucks but uh, who owns that right
1: <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. put it
2: on
3: switch if it's on Wii you put it on switch
1: right. i'd pay 60 no yeah, problem for
2: sure i mean uh maybe if i got off three i'd pay 60 I wouldn't, yeah yeah you
1: know, i don't know i don't know whatever. if we do that individually but the trilogy yeah, is 60. If it's a
2: trilogy yeah i feel like they did re- did release them as a trilogy they at did one point. it's on
3: on we yeah. you can buy the trilogy because they put prime mm. three came out on Wii, and then at that time they re-released the whole trilogy on Wii. So you could have the same controller to play them all, but I don't know. It doesn't make sense why they don't re-release these games or support these games anymore. Hmm.
2: Nintendo has, like, a a bad, like, rap for re-releasing a lot of things or keeping things on the store. Mm -hmm. I I just don't know. It's like they're trying to keep, like, a a value to the games and not have them, like, readily available. I still don't understand. They probably take it out.
4: I was just going to say they, they take a you're... page out of Disney like they did right. for the Put longest time in the, in the Disney vault right. and now yeah. with Prime you can get everything but
3: but right. but they don't make any money off of these people selling these games on eBay for hundreds no. of dollars like, just keep them available or make them available every couple of years bring them out of the vault some point
2: be cool with them but then get mad at us for putting a t-shirt design that's clearly <laughs> our fucking design and then DMC is <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um all right moving on my favorite game of the entire metroid uh series that's not part of any type of timeline is the metroid prime pinball this is a lot of fucking fun i downloaded a ds emulator from my phone and i downloaded this rom and i just i sat there and played it for like an hour i'm like this is fun (laughs) i played the pinball space game galica or galaxy or whatever on uh, when it was part of like the pc and the only games you had mm, yeah. were free cell and solitaire and then this game the pinball mm-hmm. and this is fun this is gave you so much more you had samus as a morphling flying she's, through just a morph ball. a pinball machine and then there was different power ups that different ads would spawn and you would kill them or you would hit it in a specific place. And then you would become the gun. And then you would just like shoot all the ads and you you pop out of it and you you keep going. This game was fun. The only problem that I had with it was it's not on a DS, you know, DS has a dual screen. And so like the, the lineup of the screens on the phone didn't quite Mm. do it for me. It's like there's a little bit of a lag between the top screen and the bottom screen, even though there wasn't like a bar in the phone. And so it's like, uh,
3: where's my ball? Oh, it's oh, right there. It's, so it's, it's in between the, screens. Yeah,
2: I got to work on my reaction time a little bit. But this one was a lot of fun. Just having the morph ball bouncing around. And it wasn't like something that I had to invest in an entire hour or three hours into playing a game to completion because it's just a startup boom 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 and done i thought it was a lot of fun
3: i think this probably makes the most sense because they did they did pokemon pinball they did mario pinball i feel like metroid pinball makes the most sense because she turns it to a ball it's a it's part of her thing so yeah making a pinball game out of that is make just makes perfect sense Genius. Yeah, I feel
2: like the Super Mario pinball came out first and then they yeah. were like,
4: yes, the Metroid would work perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on into other forms of media, uh, there was a television uh, animated series was considered for the Super Mario Brothers Power Hour, a canceled animation block that would have aired in the 80s. Concept art was produced for the series, which notably featured a male incarnation of Samus. Power Hour never moved forward in the intended format. Instead of being replaced by Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which aired in '89, Mother Brain was prime was the primary villain in the Captain N the Game Master TV show. I know Saf and I we talked about that one uh, in the past. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I love that show. That's where I first learned Mother Brain was watching this tv show and then when i found out she was in a video game i'm like oh wow they based a video game off captain n that was my first take into samus (laughs) and i'm like well this (laughs) all doesn't make sense so and then i just got confused and kind of left it at that but that was my first instance of the samus universe was mother brain manga
2: the next i don't know what manga is i think it's comic books but japanese yes
3: I was waiting for
4: okay. Pale to read it. So. I was so. waiting I was on him so too. Was just and blinking he never gets his, never <laughs> oh, takes the cue.
2: <laughs> oh, we're and on a... keeps looking at That's him. That's <laughs> why I'm
4: always, "Hey, Pale, you want to read this one?"
1: <laughs> oh, we're on a rotation here. I'm sorry. Well, it's not really a rotation. I just don't know what the fuck manga is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Japanese comic books. It's what? Are, are they're good? Thick? Read the fucking passage. They're thick. <laughs> then read it. Okay, I'm gonna read it. <laughs> manga. Comics and manga have been made for various magazines based on Metroid, Super Metroid, Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 2, Echoes, and Metroid Zero Mission in both the United States and Japan. Samus Aran and other Metroid characters are also featured in the Captain N, the Game Master comic books by Valiant Comics. In Japan, six short e-comics were created to chronicle Samus's life and were published by Kodashi. Also in Japan, comic Bomb Bomb published a three-volume manga starring Samus, Metroid Samus, and Joey. Joey? Who's Joey?
4: Joey? <laughs> Is yeah. that the, the little Metroid? Did she give him a name? <laughs> <It's Joey. laughs> yeah. Is that the baby Metroid?
3: I, I was picturing a cam- kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> <It was two. laughs> Joey the- Right, who? <laughs> Who is Joey? Does Joey have a suit? Or maybe it's Joey Lawrence. Woo! Oh! Woo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. I would be interested <laughs> to read these comics if they were available somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, we can find. I'm them learn back. more about it or... would
1: help a lot with the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in uh,
3: 2003, two producers optioned the rights to create a live action film based on Metroid, but the rights expired. Director John Woo acquired the rights Ooh, a few cool. years later and his studio lion rock productions was to produce and release the film in before 2006 writers of the film including david grenwald of buffy the vampire slayer angel and grim fame according to producer brad foxhoven the film would explore samus origin stories she would be uh, an ex exceptionally talented but also flawed character who looked for redemption we wanted to see her struggle be humble and be forced to rise up against crazy odds and of course we wanted to see her cool weapons in all of her in all of their glory according to the producer uh, the film initially had nintendo support however nintendo was pro Protective due to their failure of the Mario Brothers 1993 film that we've discussed on this show before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nintendo had no answers to the team's questions about Samus' personal life, relationships, and other personal characteristics, and were uncomfortable with the team being the ones to propose those answers. Fox Hoven and Nintendo left the discussion appreciating that they needed to develop the franchise further if it were to become a Hollywood film. So it's... On Nintendo for not ever just explaining who this character is or why she's doing what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, In in 2013, Sakamato said he would support a film directed by Ryu Katayara, director of the CG scenes in Other M, if the concept and methodologies were good enough. (laughs) Because that person already made a Metroid film, basically, (laughs) when he. During that in. video game,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, a couple uh, trivia things for you. With Metroid, the iconic morph ball came into being because the programmers had trouble making an appealing animation of Samus crawling through small passageways, so they made a much simpler animation of a rolling ball. Uh, if I remember correctly, the contingency on having a first person shooter game for Metroid Prime was you had to make the ball, hmm the morphling ball perfect. Otherwise they're gonna scrap the project.
3: Yeah. That makes sense. The, uh, uh, the, after the first game that became a huge part of her personality where like yeah. she, she can form into this ball and like go and do puzzles or interact through like smaller passageways.
2: Yeah, it's like if you can't get them then how, how do you do that in first skin?
3: person? How, Cause yeah. you're going to be like looking at your own crotch when you <laughs> turn into a ball. <laughs> <Right>. First <laughs> exactly. person. That's what yeah. she's seeing. Like what is uh, she looking yeah. at? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so they hired in a specific like group of people to actually do like when you flip over into that ball for specifically, and it worked out pretty it well. They weird. had like top notch people working on that one. The appearance of the various suit in Metroid 2, Return of Samus, and onwards is a result of the Game Boy's lack of color. The original NES game had Samus' suit differenti- differentiate only by color, but since the grayscale Game Boy lacked such a color palette, the suit itself was redesigned with large shoulders, which would become its trademark. Hmm. Also, in the Game Boy Color, they had their own Uh, Metroid uh, color scheme. Uh, I forget what it was called, but it was something very specific. It was like a color palette specific to Metroid. And so whenever you played a Metroid game on the Game Boy Color, it would fill it in to make sure that the suit looked pretty good.
3: Yeah. So the reason she has the big balls on her shoulder and like the gun Mm -hmm. is like a slightly different shape than her arm is so they stand out when you're looking at just a black and white image
2: hmm. the very suit was mistranslated from the Japanese barrier suit the Japanese equivalent the new name was kept for the sake of consistency but has the bonus of also potentially being short for variable suit pertaining to its ability to handle many different types of environments which makes sense I thought variable when I read that
3: too, yeah, yeah, but it was supposed to be Barrier. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the same thing. I think Donkey Kong was a mistranslation and they just kept that name, <laughs> right? I think it was Monkey Kong out oh. in Japan and
1: they put the wrong letter in or something,
3: right? I
2: like Donkey Kong better than Monkey, yeah, Kong. Monkey Kong. Yeah,
1: Monkey Kong makes more sense, but Donkey Kong sounds better. So I've played all of these games
3: except for Federation Force. I think, I, I tried to find my Prime Two Echoes game, but I don't have it. I do, I just have this demo disc that came with Metroid Prime. Maybe that's what I played, and that's what, I, in my memory, I'm like, oh, I played that game because <laughs> oh, I played the little two-hour demo. Uh, but I really yeah. liked the Game Boy Advance for Metroid Fusion game, which is like one of the later two D games that were released. I think that did a great job of giving her new upgrades and like new enemies to fight. It's a uh, it's a great sequel to the Super Metroid game. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for Metroid Dread and I would love to replay the whole Prime trilogy if they re-released them yeah. cuz I I started playing Prime 1 again on my GameCube and I just the control scheme is It's not modern enough. Like, it just, it was confusing me. I kept getting lost in the map, and uh, I think just having it on upgraded screens and with new controls, that would just improve it drastically and make it playable for new people new to the franchise, I guess.
2: Yeah, I was having the same issue just, like, recently, just trying to figure out, like, if I'm doing this, I spent too long on trying to change the view. Mm Mm-hmm with my, my right hand when everything was directed by the, the left hand. It's like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't feel right. And this newer FPS games, that's just probably what it's from. But uh, I think that you know an upgraded, maybe updated like uh, gamepad would probably work a little bit better. And I 100% buy that. Uh, I played four of these games, and I played these four games just the last two days. Uh, Metroid, the 1986 version of it, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, playing it on the computer was really hard until I switched to a controller on the computer and it made it a little bit more sense. I played Super Metroid, which was a lot of fun. I'm going to probably continue playing that one.
3: That one's a, real, that, that one's a fantastic game.
2: Yeah, probably just going to play that till I beat it. Uh, and then Prime, I played that on the computer. That was fun. And I would be 100% on board with them releasing the trilogy on the Switch 100% would buy that. And then I played the pinball game, and I thought that was a lot of stinking fun. And it had nothing to do with uh, the game. It's just the the, the Metroid <laughs> pinball. The uh, skin on top yeah. of a pinball game. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: Uh, and I played two of the games, Metroid and Super Metroid. I've played Super Metroid all the way through and beat it when I was a kid. And I, I remember loving the game. I have a lot of memories playing with my dad. Uh, so there's like some sentimental value and I, I get, play that game as well. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely be interested in a trilogy release on the Switch if they were to do that. And I am looking forward to Metroid Dread. I, I would want to get back into this franchise because it's... I love Aliens and it's so much like Aliens. And it's it's just very interesting to me, and uh, I hope Dread has some kind of like three D elements as well. It's just not strictly a two D game because you have like the two D games, and but you also have the three D games, like the with Prime. I think you could like mix those and make it. It'd be nice to tie them together somehow. Yeah, yeah, tie them together. Just kind of. Just give different elements of gameplay, which would be really nice. Peel's never heard of so, Me- or Keith's never heard of a Metroid, except for the Smash Bros. character. This is
4: true. <laughs> yeah. That's where I learned all about her.
1: What was your first introduction and to Samus, Keith? Probably. Smash, probably, Smash Bros. Yeah.
4: Smash 64. Hmm. Well, I remember uh, going out and looking at all the, the video games, whether walking down the aisles at Toys R Us where they had the little super nintendo flip cards that's how you had to get your information with the box art everything so i remember seeing the box super metroid and i knew it was metroid so i knew when smash brothers came out about oh it's metroid oh it's samus yeah Yeah. i called it metroid 2 because Mm -hmm. i'd never played any of the games Mm -hmm. so
3: i was thinking about this earlier uh i i guess nintendo has a lot of franchises but mainly it's mario zelda and then i think their third would be metroid based on the nes alone they've gone way beyond that with kirby and donkey kong and all that but those were their main starting points and comparing their 3d offerings between their i guess their first 3d offerings super mario 64 uh ocarina of time and metroid prime they're all astounding they're all great translations from the 2d game into 3d it's weird that prime isn't on 64 maybe it was supposed to be and it just got delayed or whatever Mm, because having it on gamecube it seems like they missed a whole generation of 3d games but maybe they just couldn't uh do what they wanted to do with the game like the graphics weren't allowing it yeah.
2: Or they just didn't have the backing because yeah. you know how often they release the game. Even though there's like twelve games, it's like there's so much like delay. And Game Boy ports don't count for me. Right. Mm-hmm.
4: Wrap it up. Yeah, that's all I got. Morph ball on out of here.
1: It's <laughs> all so roll on out of here. <laughs> Sounds good to me.
2: Yeah. Definitely we're gonna be trying to get into this a little bit more. But it, I haven't yet, so I don't know how
3: much I'm going to be getting. <laughs> it's, they, they make it hard because you have to yeah. do all these emulators, basically, to play these games at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can play one, or, one and two on Switch Online or Nintendo Online because they're available if you pay the three ninety nine a month or whatever it is. I do pay. I might. Which I recommend doing that.
1: Yeah. You could, or you could do 20 or 25 the whole year. Mm. It's like a steel. Oh, yeah, a steal.
2: I, I think I, I think I pay yearly. Yeah, yeah I paid it for I'm the whole a, year. Mm-hmm. I'm not a schlub. I do that. <laughs> but yeah, definitely gonna try to get into it. No premises. I have other things to keep my interest.
3: Yeah, there are modern games too. Yeah, that I haven't played yet. Why would I play a 30 year old game? All right, that'll do it. Until next time, we're gonna drink up. And geek out. 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 (laughs) We're going to drink out. Drink
2: up. And geek out.